There you go. Four punch, five punch, six punch combination. Body shot, body shot. Bang, 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 bang. Telling him not to counter punch. Welcome back to another fun episode of the Fight City Podcast. I'm your host, Alden Kodash, and I'm joined today by Jeff Fuss. We're in the wake of a uh, big upset in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, by the odds, not so much, but the way that Alexander Usyk uh, put on a, a display of professionalism, skill, and everything else against Anthony Joshua. I uh, can't really say enough about him and how happy we are for him. Uh, Jeff, where, uh, how are you feeling in the wake of this performance? In awe for you, sick. Uh, such a huge accomplishment. And also, you know, with what, this is his third fight in the heavyweight division. Uh, and he's already a, a heavyweight world champion. So I can only imagine, like, I wish I had a sense of what he's feeling. Yeah. It's it must be pretty surreal right now, although he seemed supremely confident going in. I'm sure uh, he was confident that he was going to come out with the victory one way or the other. But that sense of relief when he got the the official victory by the three scores, uh, I mean, that definitely was something else uh, against Joshua. And there was the sense that the uh, the judges weren't going to be fair to him. I mean, there were there were boxing analysts predicting a robbery in this fight, uh, but. To their credit, the judges, all three of them, uh, had it very consistently. Uh, they're very in line with each other and very in line with uh, the general population, which is something you don't always get. And uh, it was just a, a great event for boxing that was culminated with good scoring. Yeah, I'm very thankful for those judges. You know, where, right when they got down to the uh, the announcement for that decision, I feel like everyone was holding their breath. Just all right, just yeah. like, as you said, like the announcer is like, are we waiting to see a robbery? Is this possible? I mean, we've had a lot of uh, really sketchy scorecards in the past. And, you know, fighting in Joshua's hometown. Uh, and yeah. he's a huge, I mean, probably what the biggest draw at the moment uh, outside of, I guess, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have been surprised to see the decision go that other way. Of course, no one would have been happy about it. But I'm so relieved for you, sake. Yeah, especially there was uh, <clears throat> the undercard fight with Campbell Hatton beating Sonny Martinez. That was a very uh, poor scoring done by the referee only, really. Uh, but they had top-notch officials. Steve Weisfeld, one of the best. He was among the three. Um, I was just surprised with how aligned they were in their overall score. Let, I mean, I haven't seen round by round how the judges scored and how they differed, but there were a lot of swing rounds in there, especially in the middle rounds as Joshua started to come back. But uh, I think Usyk really controlled the early and the late rounds. Uh, you know, having Joshua in big trouble on two different occasions and landing a lot of big shots, more shots on Joshua than I think anyone ever landed before, according to CompuBox. So I think uh, the fact that he won the fight uh, should uh, should be without surprise. But the fact that um, <clears throat> he uh, uh, had such consistent scoring in his favor, I'll caveat that with saying, you know, as I said before, I'm not sure how they scored round by round, but such consistent scoring, it, it, it was a good job on the boxing officials, but what, um, what, what do you think worked best for Usyk to get this victory? I really appreciated, you know, and I was actually really nervous. Uh, we all know that Usyk has a high work rate. He's always active. 
Uh, but I was, I've been curious to see how that's going to translate with him going to the heavyweight division. Uh, he fought Chaz Witherspoon uh, and Derek Chisora. Now, with Joshua, who weighed 20 pounds, 19 pounds more than him, I was really curious to see, would he be able to go 12 consistent rounds of high activity with volume punching? But the timing, that left hand down the middle, uh, and constantly changing levels and keeping Joshua thinking, I think really was what paid off for him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I think it's a classic case of Usyk is a tremendous fighter and fighting to the level of his opposition. I picked against him not remembering that because I've seen him look somewhat lackluster at cruiserweight and then put on master classes against Gassiev, uh, for example. Um, this was kind of similar to what happened here. He was inactive, not the best two performances against Witherspoon and Derek Chisora. Uh, I thought he was biting off too much. Uh, a lot more than he could chew. And then, you know, he kind of reminded me of, of why uh, he is exactly the kind of guy to fight to the level of his opposition. When he gets to that level, uh, he, he steps it up a notch. He refuses to lose, really. And, um, yeah, as you said, that left hand was landing all over the place, level changes on an angle, not attacking in a straight line. And he made adjustments really, really well. I mean, Joshua, to his credit, made adjustments in the middle round, going to the body and finding a home for that straight right hand. But Usyk adjusted. Um, it was a very interesting chess match. He made adjustments uh, in the wake of that and um, was able to find new openings and ultimately almost put Joshua out of there. I'm very curious to, to know what Joshua's team was. Uh, I mean, throughout the fight in between rounds, you could hear Mr. McCracken giving him instructions in the corner. Uh, but reflecting yeah. on this fight, like why was Joshua not really, you know, I, I would say I saw someone correlated with like Lomachenko versus Salido getting rough and dirty in mm-hmm. there, knowing that he has a fighter in front of him who is going to outbox him. It seemed like Joshua wanted to go toe for toe, bo- like boxing skill versus boxing skill. But I just didn't see why that would be the case, especially when you got 20 pounds on him. Yeah, it's just really not his nature to be so physical. I think uh, more physical heavyweights would pose different types of problems for Usyk that he would have to find a way to work around. But that's not really what Joshua is all about. I mean, he's he has all the physicality in the world. doesn't really use it all that well. He's just a huge puncher that uh, is very well schooled. But, I mean, his feet are very wide apart, very stiff kind of looking the same as he looked against Povietkin, which I keep bringing up over and over again, because he doesn't exactly uh, improve on those technical flaws. I mean, he's, uh, yeah, he uh, he, didn't, he didn't fight tall. He didn't fight big. And um, he made some adjustments, but he uh, the, the ultimate thing he needed to do, which was keep Usyk on the back foot, he couldn't do. In fact, Usyk, as I was saying all night long last night, he needed to keep Joshua on the back foot, and he ended up fighting finding a way to do that uh, more than Joshua was able to, uh, to, to, to stem the tide and, and reverse things on him. So yeah, I think Usyk just won the chess match, which is why I'm so impressed because, you know, Joshua, uh, you know, despite all his technical flaws, he is a very good technical fighter uh, offensively. Um, you know, I, I think he struggles with using his size, but uh, you know, I got to give him credit for uh, the right hands and the body work he was able to slip in, but, but I got to give you more credit to Usyk for uh, finding a way around that and pulling out the victor. Yeah, keeping watching Usyk put the bigger man on the back foot, I was just kind of not necessarily surprised just because of how he uses angles and how active he is. And he's a thinker, yeah. obviously. But it is still and really surprising. Fangs. 
too. Oh yeah, the feints. But just yeah. to see the bigger man just kind of like taking a couple steps back, especially when Usyk would land yeah. some of those straight left punches or hooks, uh, you could see him catching Joshua. And rather Joshua's footing was out of place, uh, it staggered him. What uh, at least within the first four rounds, there was at least one legitimate staggering. Yeah. He, and just yeah, yeah. You heard him in the second or third round and yeah and throughout the night he was, his punches were just uh they had the more telling impact despite him being the smaller man uh just crisper harder punches um and if you hit a guy enough times and Usyk's not a not a not a small fighter himself six foot three 220 pounds uh you know it doesn't matter that Joshua has a questionable chin you're gonna break him down eventually I mean you can say the same of Derek Chisora after all the punches he took, eventually he's going to wither. Um, Joshua, the same could be said. Yeah, it's just watching this performance. I, th- I th- you know, this is going to age very well for Usyk, especially if, as he continues with his heavyweight uh, journey. Um, but, you know, just again, seeing that it, it's like that old adage. I know uh, Neil Crane for the Fight City just posted a fight report for last night's show. And, mm-hmm. the, you know, the old adage is like the, the, the better bigger man always beats the better little man. But we got to flip that for, for last night's performance because, man, kudos to Usyk. What a master class. Yeah, yeah. One of, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's one of the best performances I've seen in a very long time. I, I think it's every bit better than Tyson Fury beating Deontay Wilder in the second fight because it was just a more skillful display. I mean, you had uh, Fury pretty much just smothering Wilder, which was a smart technical move in that fight. But I just thought Usyk had to do so much more to win that fight against Joshua. Uh, he couldn't rely on his size. He couldn't rely on, uh, you know, solely his power. He, uh, he really had to work a lot harder than Joshua had to in that fight to win it. And he did it. And he uh, made multiple adjustments, got second wins when he needed them. Uh, great endurance. And he just put on the fight of his life. And I think it's the kind of a performance that I would be very surprised if he's not within the top three pound for pound in the world. Uh, I personally, I would have it Canelo, Usyk, and then Inoue, uh, with with Crawford as like a distant fourth because of his uh, lack of fighting uh, top notch opposition, which is going to change later this year, hopefully against Sean Porter. But um, yeah, I think Usyk uh, is has cemented his position now as as the second best pound for pound fighter in the world. And uh, he wasn't there before this fight. I mean, it really only takes one masterful performance, like you said, uh, against a, uh, in, in a fight like this to put yourself in that position. And I really think he did. Yeah, I agree with you, especially with that pound for pound status as of right now. Uh, the one thing I also love about Usyk, you know, and this might not necessarily, it's still in the realm of the boxing world. He doesn't do the trash talk. He's just a funny, quirky dude, but he lets his hands, yeah. he lets his skills showcase in these big moments. Because <laughs> he's not, yeah, he's uh, he's so confident in his own ability that he doesn't need to uh, hype himself up in any way. I mean, he, he knows what he wants to do, and uh, he's just eager to show how good he is, which is something I really admire in a lot of fighters. There's not, there's not many out there like that. I mean, you could say Canelo, you could say Usyk, you could definitely say Josh Taylor. Uh, you know, those guys, they kind of just fight for glory, as Usyk puts it, rather than, uh, I mean, the money's important, but they're really just eager to show that they're the best in the world against all comers. Uh, so I got to give guys like that a lot of credit. Usyk's certainly up there. Um, I have a number two pound for pound in the world, but probably even tougher question, considering that Usyk's, you know, relatively small for the heavyweight division, is where does he stack up now against, namely, Tyson Fury? Ooh. 
That's that's a very good question and probably one that many of the listeners and and other boxing fans are very curious of. I yeah. I, uh, I don't know. That that fight for me, that one's if if that fight were to ever get made, that that's a tough one for me to want to watch. Uh Fury Fury's boxing acumen much better. Uh much more skills, has many more skills than than Joshua. Uh Yeah. Yeah, if if that fight were to happen, let's say tomorrow, I got to take Fury. Yeah, I think a lot of people would would be in that boat. Uh, at the same time, I'd give uh, Usyk a much better chance than I would have before I saw what he put on last night. Um, yeah, I mean, you would have to make several adjustments uh, against Fury, continual adjustments throughout the fight. Uh, but I think it would be, yeah, much tougher technical task as Fury is is very fluid. Unlike Joshua, he's bigger than Joshua. Uh, he has multiple dimensions to his game, and uh, yeah, I think that'd be a great fight though. And you know, if if it ends up being Fury versus Usyk, if uh, both of them get past their next opponents, I'm assuming that that uh, Usyk's going to have to fight Joshua again if Joshua exercises his rematch clause, and uh, if if Fury is able to get past Wilder in a few weeks, um, that would be the fight to make. And unfortunately, it's it's not <laughs> Fury versus uh, Joshua, which was the fight that was on everybody's mind going into this year but these are heavyweights and and uh at least in terms of wilder and joshua not the most stable uh set of heavyweights and you know when when fights don't get made as quickly as they should you know this is the kind of stuff that happens you know you in you you get new you get new faces in there and you get new potential matchups which uh you know might even be um more interesting maybe maybe not bigger events but more interesting than than the original matchups I am kind of curious based on uh, Joshua's post-conference interview uh, saying that, you know, none of the fights, for, for example, like him versus Fear or him versus Wilder are off the table. Uh, the chasing the undisputed title, you know, is like a really nice thing to do. But mm-hmm. he even challenged, I guess, the person asking the question, you know, would you still watch me fight, you know, Wilder or Fury with there's no if there's no belts on the line? And he was like, you know, yeah, duh. Like you, you want to see the best fight, the best. You want to see the round robin of of the top heavyweights go at it. And I, you know, I really am curious though. Like, how how much does he truly mean that? Because I'd I watch mean, those fights. I, mean, I, I would, yeah, I'd watch them in the in the in the losers circle after uh, if uh, if and when Fury and Usyk uh, rise to the top and fight each other. Um, but yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I think Joshua has a little soul searching to do. First of all, he's got to get that eye checked out. He's got to see if he has a broken orbital and if any uh, career threatening injuries there. I mean, eye injuries like that are no joke. Um, kudos to his cut man for being able to reduce that swelling. I thought his eye was was about to swell shut like like an Arturo Gatti eye against <laughs> yeah. like a, a, a Wilson Wilson Rodriguez or something like that. But yeah, his his eye made it through. He definitely has some damage. So first of all, physically, he's got to see if he's still there. Uh, but he, he's a good, good sport in defeat. I mean, I've seen him after the uh, Andy Ruiz fight, you know, all smiles, definitely concussed in that situation. Not sure if he had uh, a concussion last night, but, um, he, you know, he came back better. Uh, not the best, obviously, not a good version of Ruiz, but he did come back and switch things up. Uh, so he's a good sport. Him and Eddie Hearn are definitely good sports, good patrons of boxing. But, um, you know, it's a tough loss. And this is not really... Uh, a loss like uh, you know 
getting smacked by Andy Ruiz, uh, you know, when uh, he could have been coming into the ring with some pre-existing uh, concussions. You know, he, he was just thoroughly outboxed, no excuses at all in this fight. And, um, you know, just getting beat by the better fighter. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm not going to put it against him uh, that he lost this fight, but, uh, you know, I kind of want to move on to the, to the winner, Usyk, and, and what he can do. It looks like he's going to have to fight Joshua again if Joshua wants it. But, um, yeah, the focus for me right now is just not really so much on Joshua anymore. Yeah, he, unfortunately, like you said, he does have to do some soul searching. It, it, a crushing defeat. He now has, what, two defeats on his ledger. If he wants to take the rematch, it I guess it was in the contract so he can exercise that right. Um, I'm not entirely yeah. sure if I see him winning in the rematch. But like you said, now yeah. it's, now the focus is on the spotlight's on Usyk. And it's like, where, where are you going to go from here? Take the, file, the winner from Wilder Fury, uh, which, you know, I just hope they don't let these, quote, fights, like, marinate. Um, can we just yeah. get them while we can? Because none of these guys are like young spring chickens. Well, that's what I've been saying about Wilder and, and Joshua for the longest time. <laughs> uh, I've been saying that for years. You know, these guys are just they're they're not they're not good enough to uh, to be able to let this fight marinate. Something's going to happen. Something's going to upset the apple cart. They both have had crushing losses in Joshua's case too. Uh, since I've made those comments. And, uh, yeah, now, now those guys, if Joshua, or excuse me, if Wilder loses to Tyson Fury in a couple weeks, um, you know, he's, he has the second loss and, uh, people want to see him, but he's out of the top picture of, of heavyweight unifications. So, you know, the fact that those fights couldn't get made, there's, uh, it's really all on them and, and, uh, the inability of their backers to make a fight happen there. But, yeah, Fury versus Usyk. Hopefully that fight doesn't suffer in the same kind of uh, manner. Uh, I know that there was some very positive comments from Eddie Hearn working with Usyk's handlers uh, and how easy it was to make that fight. You know, when guys want to fight each other and prove they're the best, uh, concessions will be made and fights will happen. So hopefully that happens here. Uh, you know, Fury, it's harder to say. He's a lot, he's very inactive lately and, and there's been, um, you know, some, some, uh, business difficulties and making fights happen when when they should obviously the wilder fight the the third fight which had a rematch clause that took uh over a year and a half to 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 materialize um hopefully we have a unified heavyweight champion sometime in this generation yeah that would be nice <laughs> Uh, we're going to, you know, keep my fingers crossed here, hoping, hoping for the best. Right. And then also like as true boxing fans, we, we know, uh, disappointment. <laughs> We've had many disappointments. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's some other interesting fights for Usyk. Like I'd like to see him fight Andy Ruiz. I know he'd win that fight, <sighs> but I think it would be an interesting fight. Uh, him against Ruiz, him against Dillian White. You know, these are some good fights, uh, but the only fight I could really see him losing at this stage uh, it's against Tyson Fury, which would be a, you know, a really daunting, tall task, literally and figuratively for him to get past. Uh, but a good fight nonetheless. Um, you know, not as big as Fury versus Joshua would have been or, or that series of fights like, like they were planning in advance. Uh, that kind of leads us to our next question is who wins Fury versus Wilder uh, the third fight? I just don't see Wilder. Uh doing too much of anything different to beat fury yeah. but 
Uh, you know, seeing, you know, I, I I'm always, <laughs> I always kind of chuckle when I see fighters posting certain things on social media, I guess him hitting mitts with uh, Mr. Scott, uh, and, you know, hitting, hitting towards the body, changing it up. There's some, some things that I'm going to kind of question. I'm pretty sure many other, you know, actual trainers out there are really questioning like certain things that he's posting. Uh, but I'm curious to see if he's willing or able to implement any of those changes in this third fight, or will he resort back to what we all know while they're for? Let me try to load up on that right hand. Let me see if I can land that left hook and put the guy out. Uh, but I guess that makes me kind of also wonder, like, how well has Fury been how how well is his preparation for this fight and is wilder all there mentally you know um but those are some questions yeah. that i have was he ever really yeah. <laughs> was wilder ever uh i mean the thing of, I, I was very skeptical of watching malik scott and 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 wilder work together in living rooms and other areas uh back during the pandemic when it was uh, in 2020 uh back when the pandemic was full force full steam ahead but uh you know tyson or excuse me Malik Scott is very well touted uh, by boxing insiders as a very knowledgeable trainer. It's just the question is, is if you can teach an old dog new tricks. Wilder's 35. He's fought most of his career as a one-trick pony, and uh, he's showing new things on the mitts. But you know, how does that equate to being in the ring with a guy like Fury, who's uh, you know mentally uh, got your number and uh, is supremely confident, bigger than you? Uh, has shown more dimensions in the ring, not just on social media on the mitts. Uh, yeah, you'd have to pick Fury in that in that in that sense, unless there is something truly wrong with Fury's preparation, which is not outside the realm of possibility, considering that him and his team came down with COVID just months back. Um, you know, we've seen fighters like Jamel Herring not be 100% in their first fight back from COVID, so there is some question marks there. Uh, Wilder is. Yeah, he might not be all there mentally, but he, um, you know, is he's very eager to avenge his O, oh, his uh, his first avenge his first loss. Uh, so that might materialize into some some special drive that helps put him over the edge in this fight. Uh, I, I've said, or I I would say that since this fight has marinated, and unfortunately this fight is marinated because this is not really one of the fights I really wanted to see. Uh, it's made me really question whether or not this is going to be such a shoe in victory for Tyson Fury that I would have predicted a year ago. It would have been. Uh, and at the same time, you always got the, the, um, the wild card factor of, of Deontay Wilder's one shot power, which is the best in the division. So, uh, there's plenty of unknowns. I'm, I'm picking Fury, but, um, you know, there's some things that I got to think about. Yeah, no, I agree. Like you said, the, 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 that's the one thing in boxing, right? Everyone has a puncher's chance. And, and with Wilder, that's what makes him so tantalizing, like wanting us to watch. Uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the first fight between them was a draw. Then the second fight was was Fury defeating him. Uh, pretty, I, I'd say, you know, it's pretty, pretty obvious. But he lands that big shot. Fury's recuperative ability. How has COVID affected him? Uh, it's always yep. there for the taking. And I, I, you know, it, it has made me like, all right, I'll, yeah, I'll watch this trilogy fight. I know some people are just like, oh, whatever. Um, but it's still a heavyweight showdown with, you know, I'd say two of the top five guys. So like, why not watch it and enjoy it while we can? Uh, because after this, like yep. if Fury wins, is it the calling card for, for Wilder? Is he like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this. Cause like we, you know, we, we talked about just a minute ago, like how well is he mentally, if he was always ever there a hundred percent, but 
I could see this possibly being like, you know what? I'm kind of done with this whole fighting thing. And I, I have enough money where I can retire and live a normal, comfortable life. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, if, if Wilder falls short here and if Joshua uh, takes the rematch and loses, uh, and it could be the end of both of them, uh, which is unfortunate. They never got to fight each other in, in a fight that people couldn't stop talking about in 2018 uh, mm-hmm. early 2019 time frame. Um, but yeah, another reminder, you got to make these fights happen because there's, uh, <laughs> nobody is safe in the world of boxing, let alone in the heavyweight division. Uh, people are just ripe for the taking, uh, whether it be by one punch knockout or, or just a, uh, a technical demolition like Usyk put on last night against Anthony Joshua. So, uh, hopefully we are one step closer to a undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Something tells me that we're not but <laughs> at the same time we, we got a new player in the heavyweight division uh, a new uh, you know someone who is now closing in on the top of the pound for pound rankings Alexander Usyk you know can't say enough about how great his performance was I was very happy for him I'm sure I'm speaking on the behalf of the whole fight city team um, thanks so much Jeff for sharing the moment with me t- today and we look forward to hearing from you soon hey thank you so much Alden